Hi, and welcome to an episode of our Pulse In brought to you by the Students of Color Collective in partnership with CFUV. SOC is an advocacy group committed to anti-racism, social justice, and BIPOC mental health. We provide community support and resources for racialized students. This year, our Pulse In is an audio project with themes such as love, unity, and social justice. These episodes were produced on the traditional territories of the Lekwungen-speaking peoples and the Spanish peoples. Hello and welcome to another episode of our artist interviews for the Students of Color Collective, uh, our, our annual zine. My name is Foon Arobasoye. I'm the cultural events coordinator for SOC here at UVic. And today I am joined with Seema Saxena, author of the poem, Mom's Journey from India, which you can find the latest uh, on our latest edition of the Pulse zine. Thank you so much for joining me today and uh, opening up this conversation with me. Thank you, Phone. I'm looking forward to the interview. Awesome. Um, I guess we could start with introductions. Um, how do you identify yourself, whether that being your pronouns or your status? Yeah. So my pronouns are she and her. And I am a South Asian woman. So minority here in Canada, for sure, um, like lots of us are, right? Except the Native people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And are you currently working or studying at the University of Victoria? No, I am. I'm not studying at UVic. I, I do work. I work full time and uh, with Island Health. I'm a mother. I'm, I work full time. I'm a mother of two. I've been in Canada for over 32 years. So I've been here longer than I've been in, in India. I'm from India, by the <laughs> way. Yeah, so it's been a long time. Both of my children are born in Canada. That's awesome. Yeah, so. And I've met Neha, so that's that's even better. <laughs> yeah, that's my younger one. Yeah, and I have my son who is older than Neha, and he is working in Vancouver. Yeah, what would you like to know? So, uh, I don't know if Neha mentioned or not. Um, uh, 2016, I went to a pageant called Miss BC Pageant. It happened in Langley. And um, I won the title of Mrs. Vancouver Island for 2016 wow. and 17. So, I hold the title. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know I was speaking with that title holder <laughs> so it seems like a while ago it's now it's 2021 but um yeah so something I'm, I'm proud of um something you know i think it was in my back of my mind and i saw something in 2016 i said why not and my family supported me and there i did so you know I stood for Victoria, and then uh, they picked the pageant for Mrs. It was for Miss, Mrs. and Ms. So um, I won the title for Mrs. because I am a mother. <laughs> <laughs> That's super interesting. And other than winning pageants and being a title holder, you also do art in your spare time. Um, you submitted a poem to our zine. And mm. a follow-up question for that would be, uh, tell me where you developed your artistic passion or skill or your um, initiative to write. I'm not sure, you know, what, of how it came. And I I was not even thinking, you know, like when my mom passed away in 2018 and that was uh, December and I remember that. And then just missing her a lot. And I, I'm not sure the following year, I think because, you know, she used to phone regularly. She lived in uh, Alberta with my brother and used to phone regularly to to myself and my sister who's in Vancouver and obviously she lived with my brother so she will phone regularly how's it going what are you guys doing what are you eating and then um, I started to miss you know started missing her calls and you know we get busy but her mom wants to hear our voice right and she said 
oh, you don't phone. What's, you know, I phone you all the time. My nickname is um, Dolly. And she's Dolly, you don't phone. You know, I, I want to hear your voice. I said, sorry, mom, I'll try to phone you. We just talked last time, right? Not long ago. But, you know, that's how it sort of started. And when she when she passed away, I guess I was just thinking about her. And then I started writing, you know, a few things. And then next thing you know, those few things, whenever something came in my mind, started writing words here and there, right? And um, next thing you know, something I put it together and then I showed it to my husband and then I started to get some tune out of it and then sort of actually I wrote it in Hindi first because that's our mother tongue and then when this uh, project came and then Neha said uh, mom are you going to submit as well I said well I don't want to write anything from scratch I can see if I can maybe uh, translate it into English and then see change, make changes here and there and that's how I did and that's how it worked out for us so well it was beautiful reading that um so you mentioned that originally you had written it in hindi and then you translated it Mm -hmm. into english Mm -hmm. i'm wondering what was the process like were there any words that didn't really translate over did it change the meaning at all yeah i think the sum in the end we made couple changes in the end um, yes, we did. In the end, I had something else. Then I said, Mom, it's not going uh, well with the translation. You can't really translate every single word what you say in other language, right? Because it doesn't really go. So you got to make some changes here and there. So I think in the end, I made a few changes, especially the, the last one. When she was gone, it felt like her light left. Yeah, so some those one we made a little bit of changes there. But other than that, I will say over 90% or 95% is same. And for those that are tuning in and haven't yet had the chance to view your work, would you be willing to describe um, the piece that you submitted, what what it's about, if you would like to do a reading for it, just so people could have some background information? Yeah, sure. So it's basically, you can say it's my mom's journey from when she was born Till she passed away. So my poem, I will say, it's like a theme. I will give a theme of love and a grief. It's about healing and moving forward when you lose an important connection to your home country and your family. And, you know, sometimes we take our loved ones for granted. Like, you know, as I mentioned, that my mom used to phone regularly and say, Mom, we just talked not long ago, right? And she said, I want to listen to your voice. You don't phone enough. You know, you will realize when your kids are, you know, moved away, like my son, right? So I do miss him, right? So And then we phone often. And he says the same thing. So I kind of say, you know, at least once a week we're going to talk. So you don't realize, you know, you you take them for granted. You don't realize their importance till you actually lose them. And uh, that's how, you know, so this poem is about how much life changes from the beginning of your life till the end. And then from one generation to the next. And it also talks about the struggle, the elder immigrants face like like my mom you know she didn't speak english so the language barriers and different cultures right so i mean uh, we both you know from india i was born in india but um she she came when she was in her late late 50s right so she came that time so it's it's a big culture difference that time and then being a single mom because my dad passed away when i was very young so, and then I also wanted to uh, get my mom's story out um, there to honor her memory. And I think this uh, project gave me the opportunity to uh, bring my pro- story out, right? And then connect with other immigrants. I think that's a big part of sharing our stories is connecting with people and sharing something personal that other people might relate with. So thank you for that. I was hoping that you could speak a little bit more on how your mom's experiences and how you were stating her life is so starkly different to yours um, from her childhood to um, immigrating care. How how has that influenced your life? 
I came, when I came to Canada, I was single. And then at that time, used to have arranged marriages. Yes, I have an arranged marriage as well. Usually um, in our culture, I think maybe same in lots of other cultures. When you get married, you go to, the you know, your husband's house. But in our, in my situation, because I was already here, I went to India. We had an arranged marriage. My aunt, my dad's sister, she's the one, she saw somebody and then she connected with my brother and my, you know. In our culture, our uh, son becomes the head of the family after the dad's death. So my brother, even though he was only three, he's only three years older than I am, he um, became the head of the family. My mom was, was still there at that time. And then said, okay, we found somebody. I'm wondering if you will be interested. And that's how conversation started. So we saw the photos and then talked to uh, to each other on the phone with the families and uh, exchanged the resume. Okay, this is what Seema does. This is what um, he does. My husband's name is Manoj. And we went to India. We saw each other. Families met. And everything looked fine. And within a month, so the the day we met, the next day it said everything is fine. We got engaged in a day or two, and month later we got married. And the priest picked the date, and we were only there for two months, so we wanted to get everything done within that time. So uh, six months later, my husband was here. So my journey was a little different than my mom because I came with my mom when my dad passed away. My brother sponsored us, so we came together. And I spent more time with my mom than any any of the other children did because I'm the youngest. My sister was already married. My son, my brother was already here married. So I stayed with my mom till I got married and till I moved out. So it was a little different, right? Because she had a she was single because my dad wasn't there. But I kind of was with her the, most of the time till I got married. Came in '88, got married in 1993. So I had like five years of the time. We were together for longest time, and slept together, same room, and we had, we had a very good time. And then after we got, I got married, I moved away. But when my kids were born, in our culture again, my mothers they look they can look after. They're happy to look after their grandkids. So she said, "Yeah." So I was working, and uh, I will drop my kids every morning. And then pick them up in the evening. Sometimes kids will just be left there. If I'm working shift, I used to work shift time, uh, shift work that time. She didn't mind whether it was a weekday or weekend or something. So kids had fun. Actually, uh, Neha talks a lot about uh, grandma, still does lots. She said, oh, I miss that. Oh, she used to do this. She would speak her mind, whatever came in her mind. And she, um, my mom picked up lots of English from them. And kids learned Hindi from them and the culture yeah so it's so because my mom didn't speak english and i didn't have that problem but obviously i've been here for a long time yes i did have a i had a very heavy accent in the beginning and i'm sure it's still there but it's it's not that bad now that i cannot explain people can't understand me so in that way um it's a little different than what my mom went through Right, so that's how I will say it's a little different, and then I'm not um, knock on the woods. I'm not single. I have, you know, I have a family. My I have a husband. My mom didn't. So obviously, when I got married as well, so she was with my brother and my sister-in-law, and who really good uh, took good care of them. And they had two da- They have two daughters, and they were gr- growing at the same time. So basically, my mom always had like at least four kids with her because I used to drop my kids with them. So and they had two daughters and my son and my daughter, my daughter. So my mom looked after four for sure. And the other two, which are my sister's uh, kids, they were a little older and they were in India. And then they came later, but they moved away to Vancouver. Mm, Wow. (laughs) Yeah. That's a long history. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Family sounds really central to that story. Um, I'm glad you were able to have those experiences with your mom and she was able to experience 
those things with you and the family that you were cultivating as you moved here and continued your life here. Um, do you wish to speak on anything regarding the immigrant immigrant experience um, as you were situating yourselves in a new place in Canada on Turtle, Turtle Island? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because when I left India, I finished my studies. I never worked in India. I finished and then I came here. It just happened that when my dad passed away, my brother was here. He sponsored us. Uh, I came with my mom. Uh, at that time, I know now there is lots of opportunities for new immigrants and refugees um, if they have some studies from the back country. There are possibilities that they can pursue uh, their jobs in their own on their in their field. But that time it was very tough. We were there were not that many opportunities. You have to go for an exam or you have to go to the commercial college or university, anything you wanted to do to show them to prove that you're 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 able to do it, even though I had a degree, accounting degree from India. I tried a couple of times, few times I did uh, testing and stuff, which I, I passed. But then again, once you did, you still had to do some more courses before you can move up or do do a degree or do more studies here. It was not that easy. Even at the Commerson College, it was not that easy. At, I'm talking about 1988. There were not that many opportunities available for the immigrants and refugee. So... Uh, at that time, no matter what you get. So I was lucky enough that, you know, I didn't have to start from the scratch in the sense I sort of did in the beginning, maybe for a month or so. I worked in a in a motel. But I said, well, that's not my thing. You know, I, I, I've studied, I'm educated, I can do better than that. I mean, just because, you know, uh, I don't have a studies from Canada doesn't stop me from not doing anything better than that. So I, I applied and I worked in a departmental store. Used to be Kmart by University, University Heights. Um, I live in that area. Um, now it's Home Depot. And I, I worked there for 11 years. And it was a good job. And I worked in a different departments here and there. Started as a cashier. Then I became a supervisor. Worked in some departments. Worked at the customer service worked in the shipping and receiving and as a ca and in the general office as well and a cashier and a cash office as well so i got the opportunity and i also worked in the restaurant one of the restaurants it's not it doesn't exist anymore in downtown used to be called taj mahal indian restaurant i used to do um, waitress so um, sort of did that in the evening and a daytime worked in kmart and then it worked well, and then life was going well, but, you know, didn't realize I knew I should have done a little bit more more than that. So when my husband came, he said, is that what you're going to do the whole time? I said, I don't know. I didn't think of anything else. So he did some studies, and um, we both did the course uh, at the college, Commercial College, later when ne about Neha was about to born. Um, nursing course. We both of us did it. And a few months later, the following year, 1999, we both were hired with VHA. And we are still there. And 22 years later, we are still there in different departments. I worked in many departments in Island you know, Health Authority. We call it uh, actually Island Health now. It used to be called Vancouver Island Health Authority. Names, lots of names have been changed. It used to be called Montefuca. All the hospitals were different, uh, but now they're all combined. So that's how journey started. So I didn't know I'll be, I like new things. I don't like to stick to one thing. I get bored after doing same thing in, again and again. I like to do new things, try new things. Doesn't matter if you fail, but you know, we won't try. How will we know? So I did. I, I within those 20 years at Biha, I have worked in quite a few 10, 15 departments. It's just because I like to try new things. And who knows, um, another few more years and I will retire from there. Didn't think of going anywhere else because it's a big uh, employer. So many opportunities, so many different things you can do. So I'm happy. 
what do you think your art teaches us about the past and future? If you could sum that up. I think I may have said something a little bit before, but uh, let's see. Mm -hmm. You were saying earlier about practicing gratitude and not taking things for granted set things for granted yeah yeah so definitely that's what I, that's what it is you know yeah yeah because you know my story is about love and grief so we, we love somebody and then we grieve in the end because we feel that we have not spent enough time with them right so if we already spend enough time with your loved ones we know we all have come and we're all going to go one day we are together as a family in this lifetime and we have come at separate times and we all know but we do not want to lose our loved ones nobody wants to no matter what age they are right and we know persons getting old they are going to pass but we don't want to think that way we do not ever want to do it think we know it's going to happen so we should when when and when when and where we get the time we should spend time with our loved ones, whether they are adults, whether they are children, our partners, we should give them as much time as we can, our siblings. We don't know, because if we are well today, we might as well enjoy today. Who have seen tomorrow? And we can't regret for yesterday because we can't do anything about it. It's gone. So if we are healthy, we have time, or we should make time, to see our loved ones, spend as much time as we can. With the COVID, yes, we are not able to see each other physically, but there are Zoom. So many other things have come up, right? Phone, there's so many apps on a phone. You can see the person on a video. We have family, my husband's family is in India, and we talk to them all the time. It seems like we're just like right there because we see each other. So, you know, don't take things for granted. Spend as much time as you can with the loved ones. You never know when they'll be gone or when we will be gone and if you're ever going to see each other in the next lifetime. Is that the overall message or theme that you're trying to... For my poetry, uh, first, definitely don't take people for granted. You know, the life changes. It's about how the life changes from the beginning of our life to the end. And from one generation to the next, like my mom's generation, our generation, and our kids' generation. And it talks about the struggle, the older immigrants. And I'm one of them now. I wasn't when I came. But now what we face, what I faced when I started, when I came, my language barriers, different cultures that time. Now I'm adapting to our Canadian culture, but which is sort of changing all the time because we're getting new people from new countries all the time so learning so it is so it's a struggle and i just wanted to bring my mom's story to honor her memory that was a different generation and mine is a second generation and nehas and my sons will be the third generation they are the one who are born here i was the one who was born in india came here when I was young, and my mom came here when she was in her 50s, right? So we should, um, you know, it's the time. We should look at it, you know, we should not just think, okay, we got lots of time, I'm young, I'm young. You know, we should, we should value the time. You know, follow, follow what our passion is, but follow our dreams, but we should still value the time. Because time is everything. Once the time is gone, we can't get that back. Everything else can. We can make money tomorrow, but the time's not going to come up. Come, ever come. What's gone yesterday is gone. That's a really important theme, I think. Not only for your poem, but also for life. Um, That's correct. Yeah, I've been, you know, this is what, because we're sitting in COVID for a year now. And I'm working from home now. I was working home. Then I went back to work. Now I'm back again working from home. So you see all those meditations and, med you know, 
relaxation videos and stuff like it you see them all the time what people are going through the mental health and all that so we're lucky that we're family and we're together our son is not here he's alone and we keep in touch with all the time so he doesn't feel that he's left out because he's working from home as well keep telling him okay you know make sure you take care of yourself we are here you have a couple friends here and there do not think that you're alone go out spend time outside get some fresh air you need all these things you need to be eat healthy do exercise have good sleep all these things are important and these are they're going by time day by day i mean in in march it's going to be one year since been a lockdown right so we are in march for monday march 1st and i know our we started working from home the middle of march so only a couple of weeks away i know it sort of started before but when actually starts things started to close it is the middle of march yeah so we need to value the value the time so i have learned lots of things in this one year try to follow my passion or things if i had some time because working from home sometimes there is there's some time in my hand so no more wasting time at keyboard working on it learning learning from neha learning myself youtube so many things are there now i have so much that uh, i tell my husband i don't have time i said no i need to cut down on things and see really what i want to do and um i think i think that's it's when your age is getting you getting old is like the time is precious we've realized it and then we keep telling our kids you know you you are young value the time time's everything mm-hmm. And like you said in your poem for us younger generations some sometimes we don't value it until it's too late and i'd like to um t- turn our attention onto some of the things that you chose to write about in your poem i noticed that you had a repeating phrase mm-hmm. where you lay emphasis on the word mom that's right at the beginning of each new stanza. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, could you speak a little bit more as to why you made the choice to do that? I don't know. Um, what should I say? Because I know when I was writing in Hindi, um in Hindi we called mom ma, which is sort of same, ma, ma or mummy, which is English word, but you know, ma is that's what we call. So when I wrote in Hindi, it's sort of that's how it said ma ma ma. meri ma meri ma so it's mom 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 my mom my mom that's how it started and so when i translated it in english i said okay how am i writing it try because it was sort of was like a song and i was working on my keyboard skills and that's how i started writing and that's how it it kind of rhymed and i felt good about it i said yeah and then whenever i said mom i obviously remembering my mom and then i'm mom myself so yeah that's so interesting how it applies to yourself and how it also applies to something further than that in your own mom that's correct there's so many layers to this um can you speak to some of some other artistic choices you made when creating this poem for example at the end of each of the stanzas uh there are better bolded you describe your mom in different ways you use the words caring beautiful lovely tender innocent uh as the five main descriptive words in each of these stanzas and i can't help but notice that the use of a question mark there's a use of a question mark at the end of each of them uh <laughs> would you be able to speak a bit more about these creative choices and about what they might mean yeah yeah i know when i was thinking about it and when i wrote it and i read it and reread it i said you know i don't want to just keep repeating yes even though i said mom 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 my mom my mom in every stanza but i did not want it to repeat the saying how caring how innocent how beautiful how soft hearted my mom so i think what i'm thinking in the sense my mom was caring and innocent how was your mom like it's like it's like question to the others when they're reading how caring how innocent my mom my mom so in they could think they could think about their mom was she caring 
is she caring same beautiful and beautiful you don't have to be you know how you look you got to be beautiful inside how soft-hearted you know it's like questioning myself and also the person who's reading they can question themselves or think themselves i wonder how my mom was i wonder how my mom is right so something like that how lovely how lively definitely every one of them i remember she was lovely lively she she had her own mind she will say whatever she wants to she was party lady she was tender warm welcomed all the kids grandkids all the time caring innocent you know she didn't she didn't study but she was innocent she she didn't know what was going on but she 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 was here for longest time and she she picked up words she actually did go to the commerson uh, college and i think they were long time ago they were offering some um, english uh, for the uh, seniors as well she's tried she, i used to take her i remember that she tried a bit and she picked up some words and she will she if she suppose she was alive and if she, you were interviewing her or if she was sitting here and she they want to know about me she will say my daughter seema she works a hospital she does this so she will say a word in english that she will make the other person understand that was not a problem it's just saying in the sentences like fluently people had no problem i remember long time ago my dad worked for airline air india before we came and um, we used to go to every year we were we had we used to get the free tickets to go to anywhere and my dad was in new york and my mom and myself we were going to follow we could not get that say a ticket a uh, sorry the seat the same day is somehow the plane this well because if you get the free seats so you got to wait till there's any space left so we ended up only one seat was there i said mom either you go and i go so she went all the way from new delhi to new york and it was not a direct flight and she does not speak english and she 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 learned well when she came here because she lived here because majority of the people there were not that many indians there that time now because there's lots of population who speak hindi punjabi and it was easy but that time she made it all the way to new york and how she did it i remember hearing lots of stories about that i remember that oh i talked to this person i met the the pilot he spoke hindi oh i met somebody at the airport in new york and dad my dad uh, didn't come that time i guess the flight was late or not i can't remember but uh, she ended up phoning she did not she was not uh, shy she approached somebody hey you speak hindi oh my husband is so and so and this is his phone number can you give him a call i'm waiting for him and then i heard so many times from her and i remember when i came to canada after that dad before i got married i went to india till 93 3 three four times to india but after i got married we all got so busy we never went back to india till 2008 and i asked my mom she was in calgary so mom do you want to come to india with me i'm taking uh, my kids so neha and my son and she said yeah and so four of us went to india so we spent i think month four weeks to five weeks together four of us we went to different uh, cities met different relatives even my in-laws and our old relatives and she had a best time in her life and she said oh this is the last time i'm coming dolly no more to india it's hard for me mm, to use the same indian toilets and stuff but she said i had fun thank you for taking me i don't know if i'll ever make it back and till now i have not gone back either then that was 2008 and we're in uh, 2021 so i had good time my kids too neha reminded me a few things she was just talking about it yesterday i said remember mom she was in a plane uh, grandma you know, we were in a plane and the pilot kept you know they make announcements and she said oh shut up <laughs> you know you just keep hearing no 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 okay we are reaching there we are in that's much this so far away to reach india so far away we went by british airways so it was fun listening to her and spending time with her i think kids had fun so much fun they they remember 
till now we talk about mom all the time. Yeah. I, last year, not 2020, 1919. So um, when my mom passed away in December, we decided that we we're going to put her ashes away in Calgary in 2019. So August 15th was her birthday. We all decided that we we're going to meet in Calgary because that's where she was. All, all of us got together, including our, you know, with our kids. And we all went and put her ashes away in Calgary in one of the towns. I forgot the name. If I remember, I maybe I'll email you or text you or something. And uh, that's when I told everyone that I have written a poem on mom. And that's and it was in Hindi. And then we all said a few things about mom. And I read my poem to them. And they it brought tears to their eyes. And so is mine. And I have not told them that I've converted to English. But um, I just wanted to... I said, you know, everybody said it's so good. Why not? And I said, well, then that's when he said, Mom, why don't you convert it to English? Translate. And then I said, okay. As long as I don't have to start from scratch because I don't know if I can remember everything. So so with Neha's help, I was able to uh, do a few things, change a few things here and there to just uh, make it rhyme. Could you speak about how art might affect communities and um, might transcend those nonverbal boundaries like your mom was able to do traveling all the way from um, <laughs> India and Canada? I, you know, in our culture, we never did give too much emphasis to the art, whether what kind of art it is, because we never thought that it's, it's more like a hobby. No matter, okay, if I'm writing a poem or if I'm singing a song, if I'm good at playing any key, any instrument, I'm good at drawing, it's more like a hobby. You can't get a well-paid job out of it. So we do have a tendency to think, you want to work, you better have good education. You better be a doctor. You better be an engineer. I, rem I remember even when we were growing up, okay, those are the only two, three professions. Either you are a CA, a chartered accountant, if you're in accounting field, or a doctor. So it's it's a it's a big thing, like, you know, telling people, oh, I, I do this. I said, what? That's, that's your hobby, isn't it? So I think people need to be told, need to realize, no, kids or whatever they want to do, let them do. This is what they're passion is and passion is hobby is but that could convert into profession as well there is so many opportunities now we've noticed it since covid even before covid there are so many opportunities we just need to give them a opportunity to kids still to let them do what they want to do let you know don't uh, it's just something you wanted to do and you couldn't do it don't stress it out on your kids that they got to do it I think we need to definitely tell that to our community. I'm not sure about the other communities. We definitely don't give much respect to the artists, what they deserve. They need, this is something we need to be, we need to uh, bring it up to them. Hey, they deserve, they deserve respect. It's not just uh, because the person is playing or writing a poem or writing a song, or he's a artist, or he's an actor, or whatever you know, creativity that person has, it's a creativity. They not everybody can do that. So if they can, hats off to them. We should just give them respect. Actually, I've noticed that some people, I you know, not some like here and there. I've noticed that they said, "What? When did you get the time to write something?" Well, you must be thinking too much about your mom. I said, so what? All you do is forward the messages to me on my WhatsApp or something else. Why don't you do anything more than that? Why do I have to see somebody else did something better? When we have our brains too, we are educated. Why don't you think about something? I, I, I wrote uh, something on, you know, we do have lots of gods and goddesses. I was thinking about it. I, I wrote a poem on that too. 
and then I put it on a YouTube, I put it on a social media, and it was loved. And then and I told my husband we should do more. It just you know we do have a creativity, we just don't put our mind to it. And people should not just are like they should think about it too. They, everybody have it. Lots of people have time and creativity. It's just we don't think that way. Oh, I can't do that. I'm too old for that. This is not our thing. What are, what are other people going to say? Is that all I do? We, we do have lots of tendency. We, we have all these uh, things. Okay, a person, oh, oh, you're not a doctor? Oh, you must be just making $30,000, $40,000. Oh, you don't have a good profession. It, it's a big thing. What profession you're in? What business do you do? How much you make? How much donation do you give? It's, it's uh, like these are the things need to be told. You know, all these things do not matter. What matters is how much you give respect to the other person. How much you, you know, you're there when they need you. Those are the things matter. Treat the other person the way you want it to be treated. Not just because you're showing off that, hey, look, I gave the $1,000 donation to such and such charity. What did you give? That doesn't matter. Humanity matters. Your creativity matters. Like, not just somebody else's creativity because they sent you a song or they wrote something, a joke or whatever. Show what you can do when you have time. We're sitting in a COVID, sitting at home. Why not? Spend time. Mm -hmm. Do something. Do you have any ideas on how these barriers can be addressed or how the arts can be less stigmatized in communities for people of color? It, it is sort of, you know, people are, I've noticed it, people are bringing it up on Instagram and stuff. You know, I have, people are saying things on social media and not just our culture, other cultures too. Like they're actually speaking up and then saying things, they're showing their creativity and they just need to be, as I mentioned before, they just need to be told like, you know, there are jobs. If you if you are good at writing, there are jobs. You could write a script. You could if you're an artist, you could do whether it's an art or you, whether it's a graphic design or any kind of art. Whether you're an actor, there is so many things, and they are well paid jobs. And especially with the social media, uh, social media, and with the COVID, there's so many things that are available online that you don't really need to go and you can show your things, you can be creative and you can make profession out of it. I don't think some people have done it. We just need to show them. And they need to understand, but we need to, sh we can show them, but whether they understand or not, we can't put it in anybody's head, but we can just bring it up to them. I mean, those are definitely the barriers because they don't think it's a profession. They think it's just a hobby. Oh, you think? Oh, you did a drawing? Just a hobby. So what? How do you make money? How do you how do you bring food to the table? And then for you, being an artist yourself, what is the most empowering thing um, that you find for being an artist of color? Like what empowers you to keep creating artwork? like the one that you wrote or the one that you uploaded on YouTube? I think the things what I'm watching, what I'm following lately, like I'm watching, I'm listening to the relaxation music, meditation, you know, all those things, like I'm, I'm following a couple of the artists, the humble, the poet, like, you know, inspiring things which I'm hearing and then, value the time, love your loved one, you got time, why are you wasting time? Those are the things empower me. Okay, I'm, I'm getting there, I'm getting old. I don't have much time, I'm enjoying it. I have some time on me, why not I? And it's when you watch the videos, you follow others, you subscribe other good videos which you're enjoying, and then you see them, I said, yeah, I can do that. And then things that, you know, things start coming in your mind and all you do is start writing and then make notes and here and there and next thing you know you know that you made a story out of it and you don't realize 
those are the things good things which you see on a social media there's lots of bad stuff which is people just writing whatever is coming you know they're hearing or seeing and stuff but there are lots of good things too so when you see that relaxing relaxing music and meditation good stuff you're hearing um which are inspiring you don't waste time and do this i think those are the things that are inspiring me and then i think i mean yeah i like it and that that's what those things are inspiring me empowering me to do these things and then obviously mom you know and it's just i wrote something when she was alive too was something else little things and then she said i'm so because i i do i don't know if i i didn't mention it all but um, i always had a passion for singing and that's how i for the last two years this is going to be three years actually uh have a podcast i i host a bollywood india radio program with my husband weekly we do it on sundays we play the bollywood music i talk about our festivals i talk i interview people and i'm and i did that for last 3 years so it's been less than you know my mom passed away in 2018 so we started before that so she has listened to my music she has listened to my interviews and stuff so so she was happy when she saw that and she heard me and she saw me doing things and performing at our communities and stuff so that empowers me that yeah she was happy that i did that and she liked it because she knew that I like these things and I so that empowers me that you know I can do it why not other people are doing I have time so thank you that's a lot to be empowered about I feel and lastly what advice would you give to the next generation of artists of color I think you think which I've mentioned you know follow your passion right if you have a passion for something just don't leave it as a hobby follow your passion tell your parents tell your parents what you like instead of them forcing you know you can only do this you can do them you know they understand if they've been here for long enough they understand value the time time you know yeah sure okay you're in 20 sure but next thing you know you wasted your time you're 25 and 30 value the time you got the time you got the passion you know what you want to do follow your dreams but for all that i think what we forget is our mental health like we do need to do a relaxation relax our body meditate when we can eat healthy do exercises and good sleep is so important i think those are the things i think we we as a next generation and even for myself for everyone those things are really important taking care of ourselves because if we cannot take care of ourselves we cannot take care of our loved ones because once we are healthy we will be able to take care of our our loved ones as well so whatever they are doing they want to work on it if they are healthy they're relaxing their mind is relaxed they've looked after themselves by eating healthy doing exercises had good sleep enough sleep 7 to 9 hours of sleep they will be able to follow their passion they will be able to do well in their life if they value their time thank you and thank you so much for all the care and attention you have put into this conversation and for sharing your mom's story and allowing us to peer into your life and experiences by making your work available for us to see if you would like to see um Sima's work you can find that on the soft website and in this edition of the of the pulse zine um thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode my mom's journey mom 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 my mom my mom how caring how innocent my mom my mom mom was too when she lost her mom she was raised by her sister-in-law thought she would be kind instead she had other things on mind mom 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 my mom my mom 
how beautiful, how innocent. My mom, my mom. Mom's childhood was full of pain. She was not allowed to go to school. She was treated like a maid. She was not given any toys to play. Mom, mom, mom. My mom, my mom. How lovely, how lively. My mom, my mom. Sister-in-law tried to arrange a bad suitor. By luck, mom found a good husband. All her pain was gone after marriage. And she got a chance to see the world. Mom, mom, mom. My mom, my mom. How tender, how warm. My mom, my mom. But mom's good luck did not stay for long as she became widow when she was young. Her life turned upside down. People tried to take an advantage of that time. Mom, mom, mom. My mom, my mom. How caring, how innocent. My mom, my mom. A silver lining came when her son called her to Canada. In Canada, she kept herself busy with prayers. She was introduced to her new grandkids. She taught them her culture and language. And she learned English from them. Mom, mom, mom. My mom, my mom. How beautiful, how soft-hearted. My mom, my mom. Moms loved movies, shopping and parties. She tried to make friends with everyone. She tried to gather everyone to get along. And all the while, she refused to act old. Mom, mom, mom. My mom, my mom. How lovely, how lively. My mom, my mom. Mom often phoned just to hear my voice. And always said, I love you and I miss you, darling. And said, you will realize it. When your kids are gone, then you will remember your mom. Mom, mom, mom. My mom. My mom. How tender. How warm. My mom. My mom. Now bit by bit, mom's forgetting everyone. She started to live in her own world. She would say, my time has come. And one day, she was gone. Mom, mom, mom. My mom. My mom. How caring. How innocent. My mom, my mom. When she was gone, it felt like her light left. I still feel her presence sometimes. She always spoke her mind and brought joy. I learned the hard truth at the end of her life. You will realize it when your mom is gone. Then you will miss her love. Mom, mom, mom. My mom, my mom. How beautiful, how soft-hearted. My mom, my mom. This episode has been brought to you by the Students of Color Collective in partnership with CFUV. This podcast was produced by Melanie Lam with the support of Funa Robusoye and Neha Saxena.